to the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com, with your hosts Ricky Valero and Chris Stoops, bringing you all the guys who should be on your fantasy radar this season and leading into your upcoming rookie draft. Welcome to another edition of the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, following suit with our last couple episodes where we covered quarterbacks, uh, running backs part one, running backs part two, which you can check out those episodes um, by subscribing to us wherever you listen to podcasts. But this week we are going to cover the first half of our raw receiver rankings. We're going to cover the talk, top five guys that are the most talked about right now in college football. And of course, as always, I am joined by my co-host and partner in crime, Mr. Stoops. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. I got the uh, the Monday night game on right now, so hopefully I don't get too distracted, but I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, same. Um, are you itching, inching closer to winning your Scott Fishbowl game? I mean, I know you said you only needed like 60-some points from Hawkinson. I mean, what did he, he's got like only, one catch, I think, right? I, I know. I only needed the 60-some-odd points, so um, I'm not holding my breath, but, you know, with, with the special little scoring system, the video game type numbers, you never know. He could do it. I've never, I haven't had a guy score that much this year yet, but there's a first time for everything. So <laughs> there's a first for I'm not everything. holding my, I'm not <laughs> holding my breath. You know, I'm four and one so far through the Scott Fishbowl. So this will, assuming I lose, put me at four and two kind of thing. Things my record, so I'll take it. You know, I'll take it. It's my first time in the Scott Fishbowl, and I'm enjoying every second of it. Yeah, Scott Fish, he does a lot of good things, and a special shout out to that guy for everything that he does for the community. Uh, mad respect for that guy, and to be honest with you, how he puts that whole entire process together still blows my mind with so many teams, and and it, it, I just love the guy. He's a fantasy football legend, in my opinion. So he was one. He actually, I would have to say, he was he was the first guy. Like when I first started getting into to dynasty. It was, you know, I got a Twitter account. I got it specifically to to just meet people throughout the community. And literally the one name everyone talked about, well, there was two names, but Scott Fish was the first one. And then obviously Ryan McDowell, he was the second guy. But they are just talked about throughout the entire community. And then throughout, I've, had, I've met so many other people. But I agree, Scott Fish, what he does with that, um, the Scott Fish Bowl and everyone who helps him out with it. It's just an amazing thing. Just absolutely love every second of it and, and what it stands for. Love it. Yeah, it's pretty amazing what he does, what has done from there, and and actually that I don't know. Like speaking of high quality, great things, it's kind of the perfect transition to what I'm about to talk about right now. And a few short weeks ago, a few short weeks ago on this very podcast, I I ranted and raved about a certain quarterback about his fantastic game against. Texas and I thought that he made some very good NFL ready plays and ever since then ever since then I have been on this podcast and have been very 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 vocal about my love for him and that's Joe Burrow and folks yes I have talked about Joe Burrow a lot on this podcast am I sorry no but when I see a raw talent like this just come out on the scene and just take over the to take over the entire college football season the way he has. Florida's defense is a very good defense. Very good defense. They had given up four touchdown passes through the first, I think it's like the first five games of the season. I'm sorry, that's first six games of the season. Joe Burrow had three himself. Uh, 21 to 24, 87.5 completion percentage, 293 yards and three touchdowns against a very very good Gators defense. Um, he looked good. And the one thing that he did, and I talked about this in the Texas game, 
and Stoops and I have talked about this plenty of times as well, but when he needed to make a play, it was 35-28. If, if, you know, if they can milk the clock down a little bit, there's about seven minutes left in the game. Um, Joe Burrow's got the ball, and he does what he does best, and that's he was he closed out the football game. Um, obviously, Jamar Chase, he did, you know, he threw the pass, Chase did the rest, but he made the a perfect spot um, uh, throwing the ball right there, and he scored the touchdown, the 54-yard touchdown, which went ahead 42-28, and LSU kind of never turned, uh, they never stopped from there. And it was a beautiful game by him. I was very impressed. And you and I talked about in the podcast that there was a couple of games that are circled on the schedule that we were going to talk, that he needed to step up and make the plays, and this was one of them, Stoops. I, I, you're compl- you, you hit it on, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, he just looked, he looked every bit of, of NFL ready, in my opinion, than, than what I really expected. I've said it before where you saw glimpses of it last season. And then for him to come in essentially right off the get go in the season and just continue it all year. It, it's just phenomenal to see. I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see definitely what he does against Alabama. Um, I don't have the schedule pulled up in front of me. I, they may play someone, you know, of high rank before that. But do they play Auburn before that? I or think no? they do play Auburn. They sure. play Auburn. Um, I think week nine they play Auburn. I think that's okay. ten twenty six. Uh, yeah, so ten twenty six they play Auburn, and then they don't play. They still play Alabama here in a couple weeks. They on the on the ninth they play Alabama. So they've got a couple games yeah. in between there. Um, I mean, the Alice, that that Auburn game is a huge game too. Um, they've got Mississippi yep. State this week. Which is good. They're in at Mississippi State, so that'll be a little bit of a hard game on the road. Uh, but then they've got Auburn at home, and then they play Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So it, it's going to be very interesting to see what he does. But in my opinion, the first uh, obstacle along the way of the Joe Burrow um, to Joe Burrow to number one, um, he passed it with flying colors against Florida. It was beautiful. And there's one little tidbit that I heard this in the game, and I couldn't help but mention it. But Joe Burrow has 12 rushing first downs this year. Which wow. is pretty amazing for a guy. He's not known for his his plays on his feet, which he was. He made some plays on his feet this weekend, but um, I think that's a fantastic stat to kind of go along with what we talk about when it comes to first downs. We we preach the first down mark on this side of the on the Debbie Delight. So, all right. Sorry about my Joe Burrow rant, but Joe. Oh, by the way, as of of it was Saturday, whatever that date was, Joe Burrow is now my number one quarterback in my rankings. Stoops and I here in the near future are going to release our rankings so that everybody can see our rankings. And when we adjust them after we do these next couple shows with our wide receivers and tight ends, we plan on unleashing our first rankings and then adjusting them as the uh, season progresses. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right in to the wide receiver class. The first wide receiver that we are going to talk about is somebody that on Twitter, Mr. Stoops decided he was going to try and slander, and that is Mr. <laughs> Jerry Judy. <laughs> Five-star prospect out of Pompeii, uh, Papino Beach, Florida. Um, 6'1", buck 92. Let me, let me start by calming all the noise down, okay? Jerry Judy is one of the best receivers to come out of college in a very, very long time, Okay. He is a generational talent, which I think he is going to change a football team and to even suggest that there is somebody on his same level is just a travesty. And um, we'll talk about the guy that Mr. Stoops decided he was going to slander <laughs> Mr. Judy about. 
later, but um, that is C.D. Lamb. I mean, actually, I think it's the next guy we'll talk about, which, don't get me wrong, I love Lamb, but Jerry Judy uh, is amazing. Um, there's one thing that I will say that people seem to forget, and, and Stoops and I have talked about this several times with, um, with Etienne and uh, with Lawrence, is there's so much talent on this roster of Alabama that it could just be any given week where it's this guy's week to score six touchdowns. It's this guy's week. Like, he had his two weeks at the beginning of the season, then he had his uh, uh, three weeks ago against Southern Miss, I think it was. He had six catches for two touchdowns. So the stats are down a little bit this year. They are. Um, I think that he's actually on pace for more. He's already on pace for more catches this year, and he's obviously on more pace for t- more touchdowns this year as well, as well as first downs, another thing that I'll talk about here in a minute. But he can run every single route you want, uh, period. He's got great hands. He's got great body control. He adjusts to the ball in the air. Um, he was an All-American a year ago. Um, speaking further in depth in this, they have three potential first-round, first and second-round wide receivers on this roster, which a and then, of course, Najee Harris coming out of the backfield as well. So the weapons are deep. Um in his last 21 games, only two went for under 50 yards. He's had six multi-touchdown uh, games in those 21 games. Exactly half of his 42 catches this year went for first downs. Um, all four catches in the A&M game went for first downs. He's got 10 red zone targets. He's got eight catches and three touchdowns. And this is the stat that blew me away, okay? Tua has 60 completions on first down and 10 or more. 23 of them have gone to Judy. Five of them have gone for touchdowns. Jerry Judy is one of the best receivers we have seen come out in a couple years. This guy, in my opinion, I think is a slam dunk um, top five pick. And in some instances, depending on the team that slides into that first slot, I don't hate the idea. And yes, it's a receiver. And I understand this class is loaded. But Jerry Judy, in my opinion, is either the one or two pick off the board, depending on which um, team slides in that slot. But I love Judy. I think he's a fantastic, fantastic talent. And um, whatever team gets this guy is going to have a star for the next 10 to 15 years, Stoops. I agree with you. And and when I, when I posted that tweet... <laughs> I was watching the Oklahoma game, right? And and it was just watching CD Lamb play. And again, we'll get, you know, more in depth to his numbers here in a little bit, but just watching him play, it just clicked in my head. I'm just like, are we sure Jerry Judy is the clear cut number one? Am I saying Judy is not the number one? Absolutely not. Spoiler alert. I'm not trying to get ahead, but he is my number one guy. So it's just one of those things though, where you're watching CD Lamb and, and just, the way he is on the field, it just it clicked in my head. I'm like, are we sure? It's I think it's just something we have to talk about. But you hit everything about Jerry Judy that, that you could possibly do. Um, his numbers are phenomenal so far. You know, he he's number one on the team in targets. He's number one in receptions, um, number two in touchdowns. But I mean, only by three. And a lot of Devonta Smith's touchdowns have been long ones. You know what I mean? So he's got a lot of those long touchdowns. Um, Jerry Judy's got his his fair share of them as well. But just you said it. He can run any route on the field. You literally you you tell him what to do, and he he's like, all right, cool, no big deal, and he gets it. He's just a phenomenal talent. Um, you pretty much hit on a lot of the numbers that I had, but um, 67.2% of his total, he, or he, 
Yeah, 67.2% of his total targets, 66.2% of his total yards, and 83.3% of his touchdowns have come on first down, um, essentially. So basically, he's just – a lot of what he's doing are just putting up crazy numbers. 76.2% um, of his total touchdowns come between the Alabama 40 and into the red zone. So basically, when you start getting down the field, he's the guy that, that Tua looks to. Um, whether it be a short yardage thing or, you know, a little bit further down the field. So you said it, 10 red zone targets, um, 80% catch percentage in the red zone, three touchdowns. It's just phenomenal. He is number three on the team in um, total scrimmage yards, uh, the distribution. But again, that team is just so loaded that, I mean, you said it, any given week, it could be Judy, it could be Smith, it could be Ruggs, it could be Harris. It, it You don't know who it's going to be, you know what I mean? And that's... That's why Alabama's been as good as they have. Um, and I even posted out another tweet. I don't see this happening. But could you imagine if Smith, Judy, and Harris, and Tua all come back next year? Like, you still have rugs there. Like, I don't see it happening. There's no reason for it to happen, obviously. But just imagine that team with the recruits that they've got coming in. That would be a scary, scary team. So don't see it happening. But just, a, just the thought of them all coming back for their senior season would be very scary. Yeah, and, and it's funny that we continuously talk about these guys. And we'll talk more about some of these other Alabama receivers as we go along, obviously, with uh, you know Henry Ruggs being talked about amongst some of the top receivers in this class. To me, just the biggest thing that stands out is from Judy and the rest of this class. Because to me, it's, it is that. I, I think it's Judy and then there's everybody else. Um, there is some first-round talent uh, amongst the 235 um, category there. And I also think, especially in, in in Debbie leagues and especially in leagues where you're drafting wide receivers, position where they go is going to matter. But I think where Ruggs goes is going to be maybe a little bit different from where Judy goes. Judy, I think, is going to go and make plays no matter where he goes. Ruggs and Lamb might struggle a little bit because Lamb is kind of hit and miss as well. But I also think that it comes with his quarterback. And we'll kind of dive into that a little bit more in a few minutes. But Jerry Judy runs every single route on the field you want him to. And the red zone, he is going to be a monster in the red zone. And, and he does have the 10 red zone targets that we both have mentioned. But I will say this as well. Alabama does not get in the red zone very much. And that's not a knock on Alabama. It's just the fact that those guys score from 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 yards consistently. And that's the biggest reason why some of his stats, especially in the red zone, are a little bit down this year versus last year. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I, you were saying how they don't get into the red zone very often. And I was looking at basically like his touches by field position. 19.05% of his touches have come um, inside the red zone, but it's only been eight touches. So it's it's one of those where they're not down there often because they do have such, you know, big play threat players that a lot of their pl touchdowns, a lot of their, their plays in general have come from outside of the red zone. So it's just the way the Alabama team is. It's just how talented they are. Um, it, it's, and, and you, you can't knock a player for that, obviously, you know, cause we love to see the red zone ability from a receiver um, and he can get it done. You know, it, it's definitely not saying he can't, but just the fact that they're not in the red zone, his numbers aren't going to look as eye popping as someone else's might. So, um, you know, you'd like to see him a little higher, but again, it's not his fault. They make big plays and that's just what they do. So it, it is what it is. 
For sure. Now let's transitioning into the guy that you try to compare to my boy Jerry G. Let's <laughs> talk about now. I kid. Uh, CD Lamb is a very very talented guy, and and I couldn't help but pick on Stoops for what he mentioned. But let's talk about CD Lamb, Stoops. Yeah, and for me, Judy and Lamb. It, it's again the running back crop. We went over this, you know, in two episodes. Again, go listen to them. Great episodes. But um, you put these guys in any order, and I'll. And for me personally, I wouldn't fault you one bit. You know, whether you put Lamb at number one, Judy at number one. It, to me, it's kind of a one A one B in my eyes. Some people don't see it that way. Um, <laughs> me, uh, you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, no, he was a four star prospect coming out of high school. He was a 24th ranked um, receiver, and he was actually ranked 22nd overall in Texas. So again, you see what he can do, and we've said it before. And this is not me trying to to you know toot my horn for living up living in texas but just the talent that comes out what he's doing now and he was the 22nd ranked player in the state which is still phenomenal obviously um he's number two on the team and uh, total scrimmage yards distri- distribution and guess who number one is you probably won't you probably don't probably don't won't know it's jalen hurts i'm just gonna tell you jalen hurts is number one so i found that interesting that a quarterback was number one on the team um but he's just got so many rushing yards that obviously it's pushing him up there so cd lamb's got 15.9 percent of the, the uh, scrimmage yard distribution um he's got nine red zone targets five catches he's got four touchdowns so four of his five uh catches inside the red zone have gone for touchdowns he actually even has a rushing touchdown inside the red zone um so he's just phenomenal when it comes into the red zone like you said the one thing about him is he is essentially kind of not a hit and miss per se his catch percentage is pretty spot on throughout the season he had a couple 50 percent catch um you know games but 46 yards for week one then 144 then 39 185 25 171 so it's essentially every other week he's putting up those 100 plus yard not games and then he kind of takes a step back and has just a very mediocre game so i definitely understand when people say well no he's not the clear-cut number one so i see both sides of it um basically 35 percent of his total targets have come um basically been been beyond 21 21 plus yards so definitely he has that big playability um he's had a receiving touchdown in every single game um he's had two two um two games with three touchdowns three receiving touchdowns so it's just what he's capable of doing on the field and a lot of people and I will say that that what was it, the 51 yard touchdown, I believe was 50 some odd yard touchdown at first one, uh, maybe it was the second one against uh, Texas. He broke one tackle and then it seemed like four or five other guys just stared at him. <laughs> they just stared at him and he's just like, all right, I'll run past you. So, you know, he broke a tackle and the rest of it, essentially, I'll say it was pretty just poor tackling, poor defense. But he he's just he's a physical guy whenever he gets the ball in his hands he's not afraid to you know try and stiff arm you run through you um luckily we haven't really seen him jump over people too much but uh you know he's just an athletic freak in my opinion so love what he can do on the field though yeah it's pretty nuts and to touch on that i am so like i'm so over these guys jumping over these guys Mm -hmm. like it's it's really killing me um to touch further on the touchdown situation it's funny because it's like when i was looking at some of his stats i'm like all right so you see the on-again, off-again weeks for him. But at the same time, the on-again, off-again weeks, he still had a touchdown in those games. Like the game against UCLA, he only had one He had one catch, and it was a touchdown. And then, of course, yep. on top of that, he had the rushing touchdown in that same game, too. So it's like he was producing no matter what, um, even with the small stats. I mean, you think about that in fantasy terms. That's double-digit fantasy points in every single game this year. No questions. Okay. 
Um, 20 games in the last two years, 15 of them with touchdowns. Uh, that's That, to me, is is an impressive stat. Um, I will say this. Um, uh, Stoops characterizes them as 1A, 1B, um, and, and that's fine. And to be honest with you, I, don't, I, I understand why he does. But to me, when I say Judy's better than the rest of the class, I think C.D. Lamb is in a, in a, in a class of his own after Judy, I think they're one and two, and I think it's I think it's clear cut. It's either one or the other. It's not you know it's not both these guys. Um, I will say that um, he he is very impressive. He's very shifty. That touchdown run was was absurd. It was a obviously a breakdown in the defense. But I love watching this kid play. Um, you hit on it perfect um, for me. I think Lamb could be a lot better with a better quarterback, and that's not a knock on Hurts. Okay. Um, you said it off the air, and I don't mean to kind of jack it from you, but Hertz is a very one. If it, if his first option is not available, he's going to tuck in and run it. You know, when in other offenses, it's kind of different. Um, first read, second read, third read. Hertz is not developed enough, I think, um, to understand that maybe his third or fourth read needs to be tuck in and run, not his second read. And sometimes even his first read is to take off, and, and that's okay, especially in college. That's just just the fact of how how college football is. I mean, the rushing, especially at Oklahoma, exactly, and and that's kind of how they built those offenses. Um, I, I don't have anything bad to say about Lamb. I think he's fantastic. I think he's got some great um, great playmaking abilities. Last year he was fantastic with the eleven touchdowns, eleven hundred fifty eight yards. He actually averaged seventeen point eight yards a, a catch last year. This year he's averaging twenty one point eight, a full four yards more. Um, he's got ten touchdowns already. He had eleven all of last year. He may very well double that this year. Um, he's impressive. He's easily one. Uh, he's easily the the second best receiver in this class, in my opinion. And and it's not even close, to be honest with you. No, um, and I, I'm I'm fully on board with that. I mean, like it, it's these two guys and then the rest. So it, it's gonna be interesting. And the crazy thing is, I was listening to a podcast earlier, um, and they they were basically saying. It's it's there's gonna be some surprise guys that or maybe I read it on Twitter I don't remember I heard it somewhere that basically um, there's gonna be some surprise guys that don't declare and that's the running backs quarterbacks receivers you know across the board and I wouldn't be shocked these two guys yes I, they'll be they'll they're gonna declare I'd be shocked if they didn't but some of these other guys um, it would be interesting to see so it, it, the way this class is gonna be shaping up we we are projecting it to be a very very deep and very very talented class but. It could take a step back if some of these guys don't declare. And some of these other guys that I'm kind of thinking that are, are guys we'll talk about either later this episode or even next episode, though. Yeah, I agree 100%. There's a lot of – there's so many things in play because we're talking about this a little early. But um, uh, we talked about this with some of the other guys. They make that phone call and say, hey, man, what's my you know what's my draft like a you know stock like? Am I a second? Am I first day? Am I a second day guy? Or am I that third day? And some of these guys look at all that talent around them and they see, all right, well, I'm going to be a third day guy. If I stick around for a year, will I be that second day or first day guy to get – hey, I mean obviously money plays a factor in it, but at the same time – you know, the talent, you know, the talent level is generational this year with it, as deep as it is. Um, but you're right. I mean, with these two guys, it, it's kind of out of the question, in my opinion, on whether or not these guys declare or not. Absolutely. Uh, the next guy we're going to talk about is funny, the counterpart in Alabama, and Henry Ruggs III, um, six foot, 194, uh, <laughs> four star prospect out of Alabama. Um, the funny thing about him is, is, 
it's the speed. It, it, mm-hmm. It's it's something that everybody consistently falls in love with at some point or another. Um, I feel like I've Twitter has turned into like Al Davis when it comes to rugs, um, and, and and understandably so. I mean, this year he's got TDs of seventy five, forty five, thirty three, seventy four, eighty one yards. That is pretty absurd. And and a, a year ago, fifty seven, thirty one, forty one, fifty four, and and twenty two. I mean. It, the touchdowns, he is a home run threat. But, <laughs> but, he he is, he's very Tyreek-like, but I would say he's not as good as Tyreek. He's not going to jump up and get the ball the same way Tyreek does. Um, he He's being portrayed as a number one wide receiver. I don't see it. He's fast. He can make plays. Um, he gets the ball and he's gone. He could take it to the house at any time. But I, I don't – I'm not even 100% certain he's better than Devontae Smith in some circles, in my opinion. I think Smith's a more polished receiver. But I like Ruggs. I do. But if he goes to a team uh, – we talked about it off air. If he goes to a uh, – let's say he goes to an Arizona. He goes to somehow manages, goes to a Kansas City. He goes to one of these teams that gets the ball out of the – you know, gets the ball out super fast – uh, maybe even a Philadelphia, um, then he has a potential to thrive. But I don't think that he's going to be a consistent weekly fantasy option. It's going to be matchup dependent, but at the same time, even when it's matchup dependent, he might not produce the same level. I mean, he's had he's had a couple games this year, like this week, this week alone. I mean, we were laughing about it, and we said, "Is oh, it's not Rugs week. Um, and then, of course, the next play, he literally scored a touchdown. And this is not a joke, folks. We were literally texting about it. Next play, he scores mm-hmm. a touchdown, a uh, 33-yard touchdown. But the week before against Ole Miss, one catch, 11 yards, and four targets. Um, uh, week one against Duke, um, two catches, 14 yards. Very, very hit and miss. Uh, the game against New Mexico, didn't even see a target. Yes, he had the 75-yard touchdown run. But again, it's again. I, I hate to be uh, preaching to the choir here, but very hit and miss. He's got 14 catches this year, four of them for touchdowns. He's got the one rush for the one touchdown. He's got a 73, 73% um, catch percentage. He is averaging 17.3 yards a target, which is very nice. I, I mean, I won't lie, that is pretty good. But again... I, he, I mean, he's he's only got 12% market share on the scrimmage yards this year, which is fourth best on the team. Um, and Brian Robinson Jr. is not too far behind. Um, Stoops, I know we agree here, but what positivity do you see when you see rugs versus some of the negative things that I kind of mentioned? I mean, for me, like it's actually it's it's, it's kind of hard to to see it. He is a very very athletic guy. Um, he he's definitely a big playmaker, so it's definitely great to see all of that stuff. Um, but you know, it, it's quick feet, solid ball control. Solid, I'm sorry, solid body control. Um, it, it's it's I don't know. I, I I love him. I do. He, he's he's a great guy um, as far as a ball player on the field. But it's just one of those where he has to go to the right scheme. He's got to go to the right team. And I think if, if it just doesn't fit the scheme, he's going to be this two catches for 14 yards, one catch for 11 yards, or even the one catch for 33. And I will say that 33 yard touchdown, it was a very impressive play. He was, you know, went up the sideline and he literally split between two defenders and ran it in for a touchdown. So it was a very nice catch and run for the touchdown. But as you said, it was one catch, and it was it just so happened to be for the touchdown. So 
he is just very hit and miss in my opinion. And, and, you know, in these other chats that we've been uh, listening to or reading from, these people are calling him a top 10, top 15 pick, you know, even just in general, a first round talent. I think NFL teams um, put too much emphasis on that speed. Don't get me wrong. The NFL is a fast, fast group of guys. They're, they're all, I mean, you've got what offensive linemen running four, eight sometimes, and they're 300 pounds. That's, that's insane to me. But anyway, having a Henry Ruggs who, who, you know, he could be a 4-2 guy, you know, not 4-2 flat necessarily, 4-3 for sure. Like, he's just got that kind of speed. Um, but just he's got to go to the right fit, you know. And until I see, you know, come draft time. So he gets drafted to a – I don't see him going to a Kansas City because they've already got Michael Hardman, you know, for and sure, obviously for sure. they've got Tyreek. So, but to your point, going to a team like that – maybe I boost him up just because the fit is there for him and he can produce in that type of a thing. But if he goes to just a, and I don't want to call any NFL team just mediocre necessarily, but just the system fit for him, if it's just not the right thing, I, I can't see myself moving him up. So to answer your question, unfortunately, you kind of hit on the positive points where he is fast. He, you know, he, he's agility, he, he's agile, he's able to make plays, but he's just a big play threat. That's, that's, that's his title. And, you know, and I told you off the air and, and we've said it before on air, if I'm wrong on this guy, I'm wrong. I will tell you, I'm, I'm man enough to, to own up to it, but I just don't see him being anything overly special at the NFL level, especially definitely not an immediate impact. Yeah. yeah and that's, the, and that's the thing that we talk about. Obviously we, we are looking at it both sides of the ball here. We both sit here are talking Debbie, we're talking fantasy, we're talking, but at the same time, we're also talking what the eye test, what we see. These are we're just ranking these guys currently as we as they sit, and and rugs is being talked about. Like we literally were just talking about this. I was in the conversation in a Discord chat, and it's a NFL draft heavy thing. And I, I point blank said it's the same thing that we have talked about a thousand times about Jordan Love. Sell me on Henry Ruggs, other than he's a speedster, and and that's where I think that he. That's where I, I, I find it hard because people want to compare him to Tyreek Hill, and that's fine. But as you saw on Sunday when Tyreek Hill went up and caught that touchdown. Oh, he jumped like six feet off the air or off the ground. That's the plays Tyreek Hill makes when he's on the football field. He make, he changes the way that Chief – don't get me wrong. Mahomes is great, okay? And, and I, I was wrong about Mahomes. So, yeah, there's me saying I was wrong about something. But – for me, Tyreek Hill is a different athlete, and he's he's a freak of an athlete. I I, I don't particularly care for Tyreek Hill as a human being, but we're oh, not talking not. about that right now. But Tyreek Hill is a, a different talent. Ruggs is not Tyreek Hill, and, and Tyreek Hill it, it made that Chiefs he revitalized that Chiefs offense in several different ways, and he changes the course of that team. Ruggs cannot do that. Ruggs will not do that, and that's what you're investing in Ruggs in a first round pick. Some people think he's a top 10 pick this year in the draft. And if he is that, that means you're giving him the keys to your team. That means you're going to run your offense. When your quarterback throws it, their first read is going to be rugs. Obviously, it depends on where he goes. We've talked about that. But that that's what you're investing in a first round um, in rugs. And I don't think he's that. Maybe second, maybe third if he gets sniped up by one of those teams that we talked about. But... Right now, if I'm looking at it right now, Ruggs is not a top five, maybe not a top ten guy at the wide receiver position. And that's where Stoops and I, we agree heavily on the Ruggs. We're not on the Ruggs bandwagon. 
And again, we will say we're wrong whenever in a, a year from now and he wins Rookie of the Year. We'll say, hey, yeah, we were wrong about rugs. Yeah, and, and it's that, to me, it's, when, when you say something and you mean it, you agree with it, you know, you're all about it. If you're wrong, you got to admit it, especially if it's being recorded and it's going to be out there for everyone. Because then it's going to go tell you, well, you said this. So you got you to gotta be okay with owning up to it. So, yeah, if, if a year down the road we're wrong, tell us we're wrong and call us out on it. No big deal. <laughs> exactly. And we'll be like, you know what? Yeah. And then I'll yeah, be like, well, right. you know what? Joe Burrow just won a Super Bowl. So guess what? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. I, I'm, I, I, I saw. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. No more Joe Burrow talk. But, yeah, Ruggs is, is, is not that guy for me. And Stoops agrees with me as well. So, It'll be interesting to see what he does moving forward. Um, uh, and it'll be interesting to see where his landing spot in the draft because obviously that will adjust his rankings when it heads into draft season. Absolutely. Stoops, who is the next receiver we are going to talk about? Next receiver we're going to talk about is T. Higgins, uh, wide receiver out of Clemson. Um, we've all seen him. We've all watched him. He's just a stud. Five-star prospect coming out of high school. Ranked number 19 in his class. He was number two receiver coming out, and he was ranked third in the state of Tennessee. Um, he's number two on the team in scrimmage yard distribution, 18.4%. He's got a 70.6 catch percent on the season. So um, only has three touchdowns, but it's just, again, kind of like we said with um, with Alabama, Clemson's very similar. They've got – I mean, you look at it. Trevor Lawrence, you, you, yeah, T. Higgins is the number one on the team. But I think it's pretty obvious who he likes to go to, and it's Justin Ross. That's to me that I just always see him target Justin Ross, Justin Ross, Justin Ross. But T. Higgins is just a phenomenal talent. Um, he's got he's only got two targets inside the red zone, um, one catch for uh, for six yards. So doesn't get targeted too terribly much in the red zone. Although again. When they are in the red zone, a lot of times they hand it off to ETN. Like or or Lawrence has been running it a lot more this year. So Higgins' numbers have kind of been down a little bit from what we kind of expected. Um, but ninety one point six percent of his total touches come in first half. So he is essentially he's playing. You know he got hurt this last um, the last game if I remember correctly. Yep. But um, so he missed a good amount of time. But throughout the entire season, that 91.6, so essentially 92% of his total touches come in the first half. To me, that's just, that's absurd. The, you know, there are a lot of games where they're just up big. You know what I mean? Or again, he's going to Justin Ross, Trevor Lawrence's. So he just spreads the ball around. Um, but a lot of his touches, like I said, in the first half. So 70.5% um, of his total targets, 76.3% uh, of his total receiving yards, and 666 um, percent of his total touchdowns come on first down and third and medium combined. So he's basically targeted heavily when they need a big play, whenever they're, you know, trying to gain those yards on first down or try to pick up a first down um, on those third and short, third and medium type type yards. He's got 15 first downs on the season and all three of his touchdowns have come from 38 yards or longer. He's had a 62, a 58, um, and a 38-yard touchdown. So it's it's he's capable of those big plays. It's just the style of offense. I mean, you know, and Trevor Lawrence has had a down year. Let's let's be honest. Um, he he just hasn't done what we expected him to do. I guess is the better way to put it. Um, but T. Higgins is. is He's to me, he's everything you'd want to see in a receiver. I mean, when when these guys come out of high school, being you know given that five star you know recruit, that says a lot. You know what I mean? It's yeah, they don't just hand just those has, things out. You know, they what don't I mean? hand those. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and there's some classes that do have more than others. You know, it's just the way that the, you know, the, the way the cookie crumbles. Yep. Um, as a uh, old Bruce would, would say, but, um, he's a five-star prospect. So he's got all the, the talent in the world. And I just absolutely love what he's doing on the field. And he, he is the number one on Clemson, but they just spread that ball around so much. Um, it's his numbers don't necessarily show that in the touchdown category, his yards 549 for the season. So definitely nothing to, to slouch over um, 16.1 uh, yards per target. So that's a very, very solid number. He's actually been, um, double digit yards per target every single game. So that's just phenomenal. Um, what do you got to say about him? Yeah, for Higgins, for me, you touched on a little bit. Um, I will say he uh, had a mi- minor hamstring strain. Um, it's unknown right now if he'll play against Louisville, but I think uh, I did hear uh, Dabo come out and say there's no concern moving forward. They just kind of took him out for per- precautionary reasons. Obviously, this team was up big time already against Florida State, so there's no reason to keep him out on that football field whenever you have some other talent on that roster. Um, six four and a half. Um, he's a massive body. I think you touched on that. But the one thing that I do like, he's put on about 20 pounds since he was um, recruited out of Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Um, he was at 188 on 247, but since then he's around 215-ish, which I love the fact that he did that because obviously the, you know, the bigger body is needed in the NFL. Um, his weight fluctuates between 205 to 215 depending on where you look, but even in, if, even if you take it down the middle at 210, that's a, uh, I really like the fact that he's bulked up since then because he is a big body. He's going to be that red zone threat for some team in the NFL. Um, a lot of the things you touched on him was perfect. Um, this year he's averaging, um, he's averaging the 22 uh, yards uh, a catch this year, which is actually a full seven yards up versus uh, what, you know what he's done for his uh, what he did last year in a complete season. Um, you gotta love that. I mean, that's a seven yards per catch. That's that's absurd. Eighteen uh, percent market share. Um, he's got the big body. Will be a red zone threat. Can play inside and outside. Um, great versatility. He's got great burst. Uh, his hands are very well. Um, he's a very good blocker, um, which is very key whenever it comes down to crunch time. Um, when it comes to combine time, when it comes to stuff, the little intangibles like being a good blocker can make a receiver more attractive some, than some of the ones that obviously can't be. Um, I, I like this kid a whole lot. Uh, has 50 yards or a TD in all but one of his games. Um, I feel like it, I feel like sometimes when he runs his route, they could be a little bit more crisper. But if that's some, if that's one of the things that I'm criticizing, that's one of the things that could be approved upon. Um, on the next level and something that they'll work with him obviously moving forward um it, he's a fantastic talent i think that if this was you know he's not super fast he runs a four five which i mean obviously i mean five, four five. i can't run a four five I, I can't run a four five either but you know what I mean, <laughs> you know what i mean by that um but I, I think he's a he's got a very good head on his shoulders um he's very good on the field and off the field i think that goes a long way as well um he, he makes uh, great adjustments on the ball, um, great body control. Uh, I love that as well. Um, like I said, I mean, there's not much not to say about T. Higgins. I really like this kid a whole lot. And I expect – if this was any other year, I, I, I think T. T. Higgins is probably the number one receiver off the board. Um, he's that good. Um, I just don't I, – I, you know, obviously he's not uh, – in my opinion, he's not C.D. Lamb and he's not Jerry Judy, but um, – He's on that. In my opinion, he's on that next level, uh, right below those guys. I think that he's a. I think he's a bottom half of the first round. 
pick this year really relatively easily. Um, I think we have three or four receivers. Obviously, if they all come out, we have three or four receivers go in that first round because of this offensive talent pool in this draft is highly, highly um, deep. So um, I like Higgins a whole lot. And um, yeah, he's going to be a fantastic receiver in the NFL. I completely agree with you. Uh, next guy, LaVisca Chenault um, out of Colorado. What do you got for us, Stoops? Yeah, so um, he was one that I think we've actually, whenever I was doing the the fun fact, you know, here and there through a couple different episodes, um, he was one that I kind of brought up. He was only a three-star prospect, um, 482nd in his class. He was the 73rd ranked receiver and 66th um, overall ranked prospect um, coming out of Texas as well. So what I want to say about him is he's had a very down year. He really has um, compared to what he did in 2018. That does not mean his talent is gone. The talent is there. He is a absolutely phenomenal wide receiver. Um, he's only got 21 receptions this year. He did miss the game against Arizona, and he got hurt in the Arizona State game. Where he had one reception, um, one target, one reception, 23 yards. But he did get hurt in that game, and then he missed all of the Arizona game. So he is down essentially two games compared to a lot of people. Um, so he's only got the 21 catches on the season, 296 yards, and only two touchdowns. Um, but he's accounted for 18 first downs in those. So he is still a, a heavily targeted guy um, when it comes to gaining those first downs, making the plays to get the first down for his team. So he makes those plays when he's needed. He's number three on the team in total scrimmage yard distribution at 13.8%. I think once he comes back and gets fully healthy, I, I would have to say in that Oregon game, he probably still wasn't fully 100%. But you know how football players are. They want to get on the field. He was probably, I don't know, 80, 85%, let's say. Um, but when he hits, when he gets healthy 100%, I think we're going to see what we saw last year in 2018, where he had 106 targets, 86 receptions for um, just over 1,000 yards. He did only have six touchdowns for the whole season, but over 1,000 yards and 86 receptions, that's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, he's he's just a, a – I don't want to call him a rare talent because that's kind of giving very, very high praise, but he's definitely a talent that you – you can't forget about him, you know, like we were talking about Cam Akers, for example, on the running back side where last season he, he just kind of fell off a little bit. And I hate saying that, but he started to come back. It's, it's one of those things where it's going to happen. And he's at Colorado, no disrespect to Colorado, but um, they're not really a powerhouse program. So uh, he is the guy there. Like he, to me, he is the best talent on that team. Um, I'd have to imagine that the, the coaching staff's going to start to try and work some some things around and get him the ball a little bit more when when the the opportunity is there. Um, and as I said previously, for 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 um, who was it? It was for for T Higgins. Um, first down and third and medium. He's he's used pretty heavily. Fifty three point three percent of his total targets and fifty six point eight percent of his total yards come on first down and third and medium. So to me, that does say a lot about the trust that they have in, in LaVisca and just what he is capable of doing that they get him the ball when they need plays, you know, first and first and first down, I'm sorry, first down. He's a guy that they go look at. He's a guy that they, they definitely want to get the ball into his hands. Um, outside of the red zone, he's got 20 receptions on 26 targets for 76.9% catch percent. Again, 284 yards. Um, only has four targets inside the red zone um, with no catches. And again, I, I did not go back and look at every single play. So I don't know if 
those were just overthrows and he was the target or if they were deflected. I, I'll be honest, I don't know that, but only four targets. So not a whole lot of work there. Um, does have a rushing touchdown, um, four rushing attempts inside the red zone, eight rushing yards and a touchdown. Um, they do get him the ball on rushing plays though. So they're using him all around the field whether it be for some rushing attempts or whether it be receiving. Um, I just think they do need to get him a little bit more involved. Um, he's just a talent that you got to get the ball into his hands. Yeah, I think the reason he's struggling a lot this year is because Montez has kind of struggled a lot this year yeah. as well. Um, that, that to me, in my opinion, has been a uh, big-time key. Obviously, the injury has not helped him either. Um, one big thing I liked about him in the Air Force game, um, he had 12 targets, 8 catches, and 7 of those were first downs. That's That's impressive enough. Um, when the guy is on, he's on. You know what I mean? Like this this guy, you know, LaVisca is a very, very good receiver. And I think he's one of those guys that you and I have talked about that you can't you can't hold exactly his stats against him for what he's done. I mean, last year this guy was insane. I mean, he had six ga- five five games last year with over a hundred yards. Um, he had he had five. There was five straight games with touchdowns. He was very impressive last year. He only had one game last year with less than seven catches. One. That's that alone is impressive himself. Um, he had 17 rushes as well. He's very versatile. He's get the, he's got the five touchdowns last year on the ground. He had it one this year as well. He, he's 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 very good is what we're trying to say. The injuries have you know obviously hurt him. Um, another uh, positive about Lavisca is this: um, he's a very very good blocker. Um, I, I, you again, I talked about this. The same thing with Higgins. Chanel is a very good blocker, and I think that's going to help him. Um, you know, on that next level, um, certain receivers come off the field whenever they're running the ball, or they kind of don't run the way of that receiver. But the, you know, Chenault can block, and that's he's got the size too, about six one, about two ten, two fifteen, kind of uh, similar to Higgins, but obviously a little bit uh, smaller in, um, in size. Um, he, he has an absurd amount of of uh, rushes in the red zone. I mean, he's got four rushes in the red zone. That's you know, nine total rushes, four of them in the red zone. That's pretty insane to me. Um, they try to find ways to get him the ball. And I do think that this second set of games, we're going to see a different LaVisca than we saw in the first half. Um, Montez does not look the same without a healthy LaVisca on the field. Um, and obviously with his stats, it's showing that. Um, Tony Brown has been pretty solid this year, but LaVisca run it, it is this offense, as uh, as Stoops has said. Um, I'm a big fan LaVisca and I think that um, he's going to be he's going to again here we are another guy on the next level in which um, is going to be in my opinion he's a top five receiver and he is going to fall probably maybe into that second round and if he does it's going to be a fantasy you know gore you know beautiful fest you know what I mean like there's so much talent here on the offensive side of ball. So LaVisca is going to be a second round talent probably in a lot of drafts, obviously depending on his spot. But um, Stoops, that's going to transition for us. Um, we're only going to reveal our top five receivers this week. Um, so go ahead and Stoops, kick us off with your top five. So number one, um, I do still have Jerry Judy. Yes, I sent out the tweet. We all know. It actually got a lot of interactions, and I was very happy about that. I got both sides of it. But no, I got Jerry Judy at number one, CeeDee Lamb at number two. I've got Tylen Wallace at number three. I really like Tylen Wallace a lot. Um, I've got LaVisca Chenault at number four, and my number five is T. Higgins. Yeah, so 
uh, I've kind of gone back and forth. Obviously, one and two and three are pretty easy. Judy, Lamb, Higgins, uh, LaVisca. LaVisca, honestly, I could really see him pull into that three slot ahead of Higgins. Wouldn't really surprise me at all. Um, at the five slot, I got Colin Johnson. I'm a big fan of his. I think I'm going to talk a little bit more about him next week. But um, I'm a big fan of Colin Johnson, and I love the connection that him and Ellinger have uh, this year. So I'm pretty excited to uh, talk about him a little bit next week. And next week, we'll do the same thing that we did with the running back part two episode. We're going to talk about the next two or three guys in that in that five to ten range. And then we're going to give you a guy or two that we think that should be on your radar. Like I said, with the loaded talent that we that you have this year that's coming out, there's going to be some guys that we're going to talk about that are going to be extremely valuable in the later rounds of your rookie draft. Folks, like we talked about a thousand times, we pull a lot of our stats from expandtheboxscore.com. This tool is a beautiful thing. I use it daily. Um, I use it for fantasy football. I use it for DFS. I use it for the college football stats. I use it all over the place. Plus, there's a lot of great podcasts and a lot of great article content that is released weekly. Um, the big man up the top, Andy, releases his rankings weekly. He's pretty success- successful in doing so. So expandtheboxscore.com. Sign up today and get 10% off by using Stoops. Right, Stoops? Correct. Stoops. Yeah. Exactly. Use uh, capital Stoops and you'll get 10% off your purchase. Um, do us a favor. Head on over to Twitter. Uh, follow this, uh, Follow Expand the Box Score at, at XTB Box Score. Um, give Stoops a follow at Stoops1990. I love following Stoops. Stoops and I have some great interaction with some of the, uh, some of the fans out there and then also some of the people out in the world of Dynasty. And it's great to, to kind of interact with some of these people. Give the show a follow. We're trying to get the follower count up on the show at the Debbie Delight. Give myself a follow at Ricky Valera underscore. Um, yeah, folks, until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See y'all later. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.